Welcome to the Third City Christian Church Podcast. This week's message is Choose Your Own Adventure, Part 4, The Integrity Question, recorded Sunday, January 29th, 2023. If you have a story about how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email to podcast at thirdcityc.org. Now here's Scott with today's message. I think it's one of the challenging things of being parents when your kids are in that realm, you're trying to get them home. Uh, it can be a useful tool for you to have a cell phone for that, or it can be a hindrance, depending on how you look at it. Cell phones and teens, that can be problematic. When Jackie and I were in your shoes in the curfew years of our kids, uh, only one of them had actually had a cell phone by that time. The other two didn't, so it was simple for us with them. It was like, 11 o'clock, you better be in the door, and then just don't answer the phone. It was perfect. But with the cell phone, something came about, the, uh, the negotiation. The negotiation, 10 minutes more. Come on, just 10 more minutes, Dad. 10 minutes more. And I think all of us experience some version of the 10 minutes more negotiation. Maybe it's one more, like one more drink, one more cookie, or in my case, one more sleeve of cookies. One more step in the physical relationship. Just one more. One more swipe of the credit card. And whether it's one of those things or something else, it is our inclination, <coughs> excuse me, our inclination to get as close to the line as we possibly can. You know, just to push the line. The line between responsible and irresponsible. The, the, the line between... Uh, good and, and not so good. The line between I can do this myself and I need help. The line between legal and illegal. Driving. I'll use this as an example for some of you. Like, yeah, you're chuckling already because it's all of you. It really is. It's like, how fast can I go without getting pulled over? Like, we, we, you know, most everyone in here pushes that limit. You know what I'm talking about. Because there's something in us that pushes the limits. And here's the problem. It can impede or even destroy our ability to make a good decision. And so there is something about that, this risky logic that we lose, that, well, if, it, if it's not immoral, then it's acceptable. Well, if it's not called a sin in the Bible, then it's, it's not a sin, you know. If it's not wrong, it must be what? Right, yeah, we do that, don't we? If it's not illegal, it must be legal. And so therefore, it's okay. But instead of asking what is good, I think oftentimes we say, how far can I go? Now, by the way, I, I believe in risk at the right level. I think people who are risk takers, they do great things, uh, especially people who know how to make, take the right kind of risks. I mean, they really can accomplish some good things. And life does require some risks. But a better question for me than how far can I go, how close to the line can I get without crossing the line, a better question is, what will set me up for a better decision? And that's really what we've been talking about in this series, because the course of my decisions does determine the course of my life. Uh, we've been looking at Proverbs 23. 2, 3 is kind of a theme verse for this series, and some of you have probably memorized it by now. A prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions, 
but a simpleton goes on blindly and suffers the consequences. And that's just wisdom from God's word, and I think it's very simple, of course. But in this series, Choose Your Own Adventure, we've been asking these questions. We asked, if you remember a few weeks ago, the integrity question, and that was the question in the mirror, you know? When I look in the mirror, am I really being honest with myself about whatever this is? Am I really being honest with myself? And then we also asked the, uh, the legacy question, and, uh, and that's the question, when people talk about me when I'm gone, what stories will they tell? And then last week we looked at the conscience question, is there a tension that deserves my attention? Is there something that's pushing on me that I should look at that's creating tension in my life? And this all leads to the fourth question, which I think these all go together. I hope you do too. And that's the maturity question. And it really takes maturity even to ask this question. And that question is this. Ready? Here it comes. What is the wise thing to do? And you're like, really? Duh. That's it? I mean, he doesn't need to spend 20 minutes talking about that, does he? Like, we're getting out early. Not so fast, my friend. If nothing else, it's worth staying around for the last group decision that you get to make with your, with your cell phone light. You get to decide something that has to do with sticky desserts and the name Dan Walter. So I want you to think about that and meditate on that for a second. Now, maybe it's just me, but I don't think so. But rarely do we pause long enough to ask this question. What is the wise thing to do? I think we ask other questions. What's the easy thing to do? What's the most expedient, the quickest thing to do? What's the, you know, what's the, the, uh, the, hap- the thing that's going to bring most happiness to me? What's, what's the joy-bringing decision at this moment, the thing that right now is going to satisfy me? But doing the right thing, doing the wise thing, that can get pushed away. Maturity. How many mature people are there in the room right now? A couple. Which means you probably listened to week one where it said, you know, you're going to have integrity and look in the mirror. And I get it. I, I do think there's a lot of mature and wise people in the room. I really do, because I know some of you and I know you are. But it doesn't mean you're perfect, but you, there is. But, but here's the thing. And you know this is true, even if you're still struggling with the concept that generally speaking, when we make life-wrecking decisions, it didn't start with that decision. Usually not. Usually there was a series of decisions that came before that that led to that. A rather, you know, a series of, of moments where we just lost wisdom or we didn't consider wisdom. And I could give you all kinds of examples. I don't need to because if you look back on it, you can probably chart another number of decisions that you made where you got in a situation. And maybe even the decisions you made going up to that point weren't necessarily wrong or illegal or sinful, but they led to something that that paved the way for some pain in your life. And it makes me think of one person. I guess it's the NFL season. It's You know, it's playoff time. It's all coming down to it. Super Bowl's in a couple weeks. It makes me think of Antonio Brown. Have you ever heard of Antonio Brown? You probably have. Antonio Brown was a great American football player. Probably considered the most talented and coveted 
receiver of his generation. And, uh, but yeah, this story is just, I don't know. I mean, you just look at his decision-making and you just wonder what was going on there. He played for Pittsburgh, for instance, for Mike Tomlin, who I think could be considered maybe one of the most patient and, 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 and generous head coaches in, in football. And yet, it just didn't work. Tomlin couldn't rein him in at the end. And so then he's traded to the Oakland Raiders. Maybe you remember this. He went there, he had this controversy about his foot and ankle and his shoes and, and stuff like that. And, and he became the highest paid receiver in the NFL when he went to Oakland. And he didn't play there. So he got traded midseason. He went to, I think, New England. Well, New England tried him out, but they couldn't figure him out either. So then he ended up going to Tampa Bay, and he had a little bit of success there. Tom Brady was throwing passes to him, so that's always a plus. But, but it just didn't really work out there either. As a matter of fact, in 2021, he stripped off his uniform, he ran off the field during a game, and the Bucks released him that week. Now, I wonder, was that a really a wise decision to make? I mean, let me just give you a little more information if you don't know this. Antonio needed eight more catches, which for him, a guy like him, that may be one or two games. Eight more catches to unlock a $333,333 bonus. Just eight more catches. 55 more receiving yards, he gets another, that's just, that's a game for him, and maybe, maybe less than a game, maybe a half. He gets another $333,333. And if he just gets if he just gets one more touchdown, receiving touchdown, that unlocks an additional $333,333. So a million bucks. Now, hey, money's not everything. We, you know, we know that. And preachers find extreme examples of this kind of stuff to make points like I've just done. But I can think back at moments in my life where I made decisions that just simply derailed me for a period of time. And maybe Antonio, I mean, he's a, he's a wealthy guy probably. Maybe he didn't need the money. Maybe that's jump change to him. I don't know. But you'd have to question that. And, but it does make me consider the possibility of some of the things that I've decided that just really wrecked me. Now, by the way, I believe that God is a God of second, third, 13, 23rd chances. I mean, God is remarkably forgiving and graceful for us. And we sing this song and believe it, that he makes beautiful things out of dust. Do you believe that? I do. But I also know that God loves me because I'm his child. He loves me and he wants to spare me from unnecessary stupidity. And he wants to do that for you too. Look at Ephesians chapter 5. This is something that Paul wrote. Verse 15, be careful how you live. Don't live as fools but live like those who are wise. So there's our word, wisdom. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Man, I would tell you this. When I'm living in that, my life's pretty good. I mean, not without trouble, because life comes with trouble. But when I'm living in that way of, you know, of, you know, understanding God's will, following his direction, his purpose for my life, doing what he wants me to do, 
I avoid a lot of evil. Don't be unwise. Make the most of every opportunity. Make better decisions. Make the wise decision. He writes this in Philippians chapter 3.12. Not to say that I've already achieved these things or I've already reached perfection. So he's readily admitting he's a work in progress too. That's one of the things I like about Paul, by the way. He's very honest about his struggle. But I press on to possess the perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. So he, he, he relates his own imperfection to what, you know, what he's seeing in, in the perfection of Jesus. That's his gauge. That's his moral compass. Brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Let all of us, and here's our term, who are spiritually mature, the mature question, who are spiritually mature agree on these things. See, the, the beautiful thing about grace is that it lets us put the past where it belongs. It allows us to start over today and make better decisions based on what we know now. And it also gives us hope for the future. I want to look at those three things in a minute here. But I want to remind you that these are evil days. Paul said he lived in evil days, and he did. We're going to live in evil days until Jesus comes and makes everything new. But we, do we live in morally, ethically, pure days? What do, you, what do you think, yes or no? I would say no. I mean, you're going to watch Super Bowl, many of you, and you're going to watch commercials, and I promise you this won't happen, unless it's a pharmaceutical uh, sales thing. I promise you they're not going to say, oh, by the way, this could kill you if you drink too much of this, or if you eat too much of this, or if you misuse this. They're not going to do that. Why is that? Because we live in evil days. And in evil and evil days, what happens is we are influenced to do wrong. And you look around. Here's the thing. We don't have to be afraid of that. But we do need to be mature about it. Every choice is an opportunity to seek wisdom. To make the most of every opportunity. And to do wise things in evil days. So let's apply this to the three stages of life that I've already brought up. What about your past? What's the wise thing for me to do with my past experiences? What's the wise thing for me to do with my present circumstances? And how can I be wise so that my preferred future can unfold? Let's visualize this. What about my past? Now, I hope that you're coming to see by your activity with God in your life that he has a gift to give you. And it's a beautiful gift where you can put your past in the past and you can walk with him and move on from that. Some of you have been, though, living in regret and guilt and you can't get past your past. You've gone through countless situations in your walk with Christ as you've come to Christ and you still can't put your past behind you. But if you're a Christian, if you're a Christ in, God opens a door for you to put the past in the past. I like how the Old Testament prophet Isaiah puts it in chapter 43, 19 of Isaiah. For I am about to do something new. See, it has already begun. Do you see it? Do you see it? He's begun something new in you. He said, I will make a pathway through the wilderness. 
I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. And it's another way of saying, look, I want to let you out of this jail of the past. I want to give you a pathway to the future. And he'll do that. The question is, do you want God to do something new in your life? It is important for you to learn from your past. It's important for you not to live in it. The crucial thing is we move on with God's powerful help in our lives. He gives us a pathway through this wilderness that we've, that we've drug along with us and, and, and through this wasteland of, 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 the, of the drought of life that's tried to destroy us. He brings a river of life. It's amazing. What about my present circumstances? What's the wise thing to do? I mean, what about the deeper things especially? What about the things that really are going to make my life go a certain trajectory? I mean, it could be something like a relationship. Maybe, maybe you're a person, you just left a, a relationship, or a relationship was taken from you. Uh, maybe you're a person who, who uh, has had a series of relationships that didn't go very well. And, and, and so your inclination, because you love relationship, is to jump into a new relationship. But in light of what you know about relationships right now in your life, is it the wise thing for you to do to jump back into another relationship? That's the question. It could be anything. You know, it could be that. It can be divorce, where, you know, you've, you've, you've had this horrible situation that's culminated in this decision, and that brings some baggage with it. Maybe you've lost a spouse to death. And that's the same thing. It's just a grieving thing that has to be worked through. Our greatest regrets come from a series of unwise decisions. With our past experiences, with my present circumstances, what about my preferred future? Because there's a tomorrow. And I don't know about you, but I'd like to be able to have some input on how I experienced that. And I do believe that God gives us a path. Now let's admit this right now. It is easier to recognize right and wrong when someone else is doing it rather than me or you, like for ourselves. It's easier to see what someone else is doing to themselves and to their community than to see it in ourselves. And I will say this too. For whatever reason, older people tend to think they know more than younger people about decision-making when it comes to that kind of thing. And it doesn't matter how old the older is. Like, a, you know, a 14-year-old loves to give advice to a 10-year-old. There's just something about that. We, we think that it, you know, we think we can see these things in other people's lives, and we have like 20-20 vision, but when it comes to ourselves, we just don't see it. That is why God's word is so vital to this discussion. That is why hearing God speak is the key to this. Because, because a good Christ-centered accountability with people who are in God's word, that's a key. Having a rhythm of worship and growing, that's a key. What happens is that many of us simply don't act wisely because we throw wisdom into the wind. And we say, you know what, whatever will be, will be. We'll just see where the pieces fall. And then there, you're, there you are, you know, a year from now picking up all the pieces because you just let them fall instead of having some wisdom in the matter. Because life is hard on dreams. It really is. Life likes to assault us. 
It assaults good things. The world causes us to doubt God's generosity, to question God's willingness to renew us, to bring restoration, to to bring clarity, to bring truth into our lives. And we are doubting that all the time because this world pushes on that. James talks about this. This is Jesus' half-brother who became a Christian after his resurrection. He didn't believe in in Jesus before that. I mean, he believed some things about him, but certainly not that he was the son of God. That came after the resurrection for him. Here's what he wrote. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Hey, I promise you, you need wisdom. Every one of us does. But it could be in any realm. You could be a parent who's doubting you know, your ability to really lead your children and you're getting pushed around by that kid. Everyone's got at least one of them who just pushes all of our buttons and pushes us around emotionally and spiritually and in every other way. So you're struggling with that and you need some help parenting. And you've tried everything. Maybe you're in an important relationship and you're deciding whether or not to take that bigger step. Maybe you're struggling with your marriage and all the good intentions and efforts haven't panned out and it's not producing the peace and happiness that you're longing for, the self-gratification you know, self that you'd like that relationship to, to accomplish for you. And so you know that staying together is becoming more difficult and everything that you've tried to this point hasn't been working out. Have you asked the question, God, can you give me wisdom? Have you asked the question as a parent, God, give me wisdom? Have you asked the question as a person in relationship, God, give me wisdom? Have you asked this question in terms of your marriage, God, give me wisdom? Friends, when we are struggling with a decision, we're really good at going to the internet. We're good at going to Google, to Google search. We're good at going to YouTube. We're good at going to the bookstore, which now exists on Amazon, I guess. We're good at going there and finding a book. We're good at going to a counselor, going to our bestie. When was the last time you went to God and said, God, give me wisdom? I need your help. And then when was the last time you went to God and said, God, I need wisdom, and God, I'm going to wait for you to bring it. Is it that hard? Why is God often the last resort? James says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God who will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. He is not stingy with generosity. And he is not a rebuking God with those who seek him. You don't have it all figured out. Neither do I. And you might think, well, I'm the CEO of this company. I'm the chairman of this committee. I'm the, I'm the parent in the household. I'm the, I'm the more mature one in this relationship. I'm the, you know, you fill in the blank. I'm the team captain. I'm the whatever. We do this to ourselves. We say, I'm something, so therefore I can't ask. Oh, you better ask. Because if you don't ask, you're doing it alone. And man was never meant to live alone. Never. The reason we ask what is the wise thing to do is not just to stop from doing wrong, it's to keep from doing unwise things. You know the difference? There is a difference. We get the idea that God wants to kill fun. No, he doesn't want to kill your fun. He wants to give you a grand adventure. He wants you to have a great adventure. 
He wants you to choose a good adventure, one where he can have input into the happiness that comes from trusting him, his wisdom. We're going to commune together as we do weekly here. Some people ask, well, why do you do this every week? I've been to churches. They might have commute once a month, once a quarter, once a year, whatever. Never. <laughs> it's simple. We rely on the wisdom of God. And when he speaks clearly, we do what he says. And it says clearly in the book of Acts, when the early church gathered, they communed together. And they did that weekly. So we do it too. And we trust God. We just say, God, you just lead us in this. This is your, this is your supper. You invite, you bar. We don't. It's a time for us to say, Lord, I need to be honest with you. You have written a story that I want to be a part of. Lord, I want your wisdom in my life. And so, Lord, as we commune today, may we ask those questions. As we take this bread, we're reminded of your body broken for us. As we drink this cup, we're reminded of your blood that you shed for us so that you can impart all the wisdom of God into our lives. For that, we're grateful. This has been a, a good series for me personally. It's made me, it's made me to stop and think about you know, who, who God is, who I am, what God wants for my life, and how I can trust him with what he wants for my life. And uh, I promise you, every day it's a struggle for me, just like it might be for you, to make good decisions. And uh, I, I usually want to do the easiest thing. I usually want to do the, mo the, the quickest thing. I usually want to do the thing that's going to make me happiest in the short term. That's really where I tend to go with these things. And so it's helped me to focus on the bigger picture of God's purpose for my life. And maybe you're the same way. Maybe you're just ready to say, God, I've, I've tried it my way, and really, to be honest, it just hasn't worked out the way it should. And now you're seeing something in God where you're thinking, I can trust him. He's not a threat to me. I don't need to worry about his grace because it's real. I don't need to worry about his, his provision because he's already shown me he'll provide for me. I just need to trust and so if you're the person who's ready to make that big step in your life, uh, your next step is probably to come to him for baptism. You already witnessed that in a child today, but you know most of the people we baptize in this church are adults who are ready to make that decision for themselves. And that's the launching point for a new life for you. Uh, for you, some of you, it's like I've made that step and many others and I still am struggling with the regret of the past. And so it's time for you to say, Lord, once and for all, I'm going to walk with you away from my past and become a new person based on your promises for me. Because I want a different future. I want something new. And you said you'll give it to me, God. I'm going to come after it. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to get involved with a caring community where I can get encouragement from people who they themselves are in this struggle and they're willing to walk with me in it going to get back into your word, your truth, and I'm going to read it and, and, and understand especially who Jesus is in light of truth. I'm going to start doing life the way he shows me to do it. There's all kinds of things you could do, but here's what I'm trying to say to you today. It all begins with saying this, Lord, what's the next wise thing for me to do? 
Thanks for listening to the Third City Christian Church podcast. Please join us for one of our worship services at 9, 10, 15, or 11.30 a.m. in Grand Island and at 10, 15 a.m. in Broken Bow on Facebook Live and at thirdcityc.online.church each Sunday. For more information about Third City Christian Church, send email to podcast at thirdcityc.org. Call us at 308-384-5038 or visit us online at thirdcityc.org.